Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org lost. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome to Star Talk. Your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. And I have with me Chuck Nice. That's right. Hey, Chuck. Hey, hey, Neil. Tweeting at Chuck Nice Comic. That is correct, sir. As always. Good. Mm-hmm. Good to have you on the show. Good to be here. Do you know, you know what this topic is today? There's probably no more important topic we've ever addressed than this topic. Oh. The future of humanity. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> That's what it is. The future of humanity. And we are featuring my interview with the one and the only Elon Musk. A man who is contributing to the future of humanity. He's not, he's not contributing to it. He is the future. <laughs> it's not something that everybody else is doing and then they come in on it. No, no. He's, 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 he's making it. Okay. Okay. And sometimes he's referred to as the real life Iron Man, Tony Stark. Uh, I have to agree with that, actually. And uh, he's the founder of PayPal. It's an internet company. He's a founder of SpaceX, a rocket company. He's founder of Tesla Motors, an electric car company. And he's chairman of Solar City, a solar energy company. He is the real Tony Stark. There you go. And I thought, that, I mean, I don't love you, but I thought I should bring in some help on this one. Okay. Is that okay? Another man who... Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's someone else in my, in my life. Now that now this is awkward. <laughs> it's not that awkward. Oh, here he is, <laughs> Bill Nye. Yes, biting my lip. <laughs> is Doctor Tyson going to introduce me? Or am I, should I say anything? <laughs> no, we'll just talk about you. We're talking about Elon Musk, who is Bill. Uh, good, a heck of a guy. Yeah, uh, good to have you here because you've got some serious engineering background. Uh, and so a lot of the show, we're going to talk about engineering the future of our civilization. Yeah. Civilization and I could make stuff up, dream. but I'd rather you say what real stuff. And you, plus you're writing a book on like what sustainability, climate change and, uh, and, uh, doing more with less. Do you know what it's going to be called? Unbounded. 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 Ooh, nice. and I want Subtit- to cultivate. Go ahead. Subtitle: You're a freaking idiot if you don't believe in climate change. Okay, is that what it is? Well, that might as well be. But, uh, <laughs> so it is an extraordinary time. I mean, we're talking about Elon Musk and his vision for the uh, future of humanity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's an extraordinary time as we record this. The state of Florida just forbade, forbade, kept would not allow state officials to use the phrase climate change. Yes, really? Yeah. So, or, or sea level rise. Or sea level. And they're going to, so what is, what's going to happen? It, the it, states of Georgia, Mississippi, and Alabama are going to build fences like we have in Texas to yes. keep the Floridians, <laughs> both the Seminoles and the No, Chuck, uh, I and, think and no, no disrespect to anybody who lives in Florida, Georgia, or Alabama, but I got a feeling it's going to be a chain link fence, too. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep this water out. Well, let's find out. Right, so let's, let's get, let's get, get to the bottom out. of what created... Elon Musk. I wanted to find out, you know, where, where did he come from? What, where did he grow up? I didn't know anything about the man. Let's find out. Elon, what egg hatched you into this world? <laughs> where were you before you? Well, I was born in South Africa. Born in South Africa. Yeah. And you come to America and make a billion dollars. Yeah. I mean, I didn't expect to make a billion dollars, I suppose. Um, <laughs> I mean, I grew up in South Africa... Honestly, seeing a lot of the same TV and movies and reading comic books, and, and it really didn't feel all that different from, say, Southern California, honestly. So you had you a know? kind of baptism into American pop culture at the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 
ate a lot of hamburgers and went to steakhouses and read like every comic book, you know. So my father brought me on a trip to the United States when I think I was about 10. I remember it was a really awesome experience because the hotels all had arcades. So my number one thing was when we went to a new hotel or motel or whatever it is, go to the arcades. And so the... Forget any other services. Forget whether they had bed bugs. You're looking for arcade games. Yeah. What did video games do for you? I mean, they're incredibly engaging, and they made me want to learn how to program computers. Because then I thought, well, I could make my own games, and then I could also... uh, I wanted to see how the games work. Like, how did you create a video game? That's what led me to learn how to program computers. So you became a programmer? Yeah, so I had one of the first video game consoles. It didn't even have cartridges. It had, like, four games that you could play, and you could, like, pick one one of the four games you could play. That was it. And then it went from there to the original Atari and then the television. And then I was in a store and saw a a Commodore Big 20 And I was like, holy crow, you can actually have a computer and make your own games. I thought this was just one of the most incredible things possible. Took all all of my saved allowance and and then hounded my father until we got the Commodore VIC-20. And then it came with this manual on how to program in BASIC, which I sort of spent all night, several days in a row, just absorbing that. On your own? No one forced you? No. This was self-motivated. I've got to know this. This is good for me. I've just been like nine, nine or ten or something. So you were Uh, fluent in BASIC at age nine or ten? Yeah. I kind of went, got OCD on the thing. Maybe it's not technically OCD, but I certainly got obsessive. Let me put that, at least the O part. So programming is power. You get to control something. Yeah, you construct a little universe. And when you first do it, you're like, wow, this is incredible. You can actually make things happen. Like you type these commands and then something happens on the screen. That's pretty amazing. So there is hope for all the parents who have middle school children who are lost in their video games. Absolutely. They too can be a billionaire. I'm sorry, what I was just playing. (laughs) (laughs) Bill, we're over here. Put the video game down. (laughs) Put your PS Vita down. (laughs) Yeah, you know, actually, that's uh, my son is a video game craze ball. How old is he? He's nine. He's nine. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't get better. Doesn't get better. But his favorite game is something called Minecraft. Yeah. I know nothing about it. However, uh, I started watching him play this and I went, you know what? This isn't bad. This guy's learning how to create his own universe. It's very uh, imagination-driven. And now he wants to learn how to code. We love the guy. It, so could, it, could, like, go, it could go diabolical if he wants to create his own universe. I just want you to know. <laughs> it's not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> On the radio, create your own universe. Hey, right. great. <laughs> so uh, just, just a quick resume of, 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 of Elon Musk. So, uh, you know, in 1999, he founded the company that would become PayPal. Wow. And then sold it to eBay, and he ran off with $180 million, in it, and he was 32 years old. And so, How did he make a living between uh, university and 32? Well, there's more of this interview that we will find out. But I, I, have, I, I don't know. He was like making companies and selling them. and then The way you on. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, of course. That's yeah. how you do it. Exactly. Let's find like, out. That's hard. So what I, what I wanted to know was – while he was in college, what what was he thinking about? You know, most of us in college, you want to major, get a job when you come out. Let's right. find out what he was thinking about. You know, when I was in college, I sort of thought, well, what are the things that are most going to affect the future of humanity? And, you know, electric cars, solar power, essentially sustainable Most people are thinking, I just want a job when I get out. And you're trying to reshape yeah. humanity as an undergraduate. I mean, it's pretty, in America, it's pretty easy to keep yourself alive. So, I mean, my threshold for existing was pretty low. I mean, I, I figured I could, like, be in some dingy apartment with my computer and be okay and not starve. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, in fact, when I first came to North America, I was in Canada when I was 17. And just to sort of see what it takes to live, I tried to live on $1 a day, which I was able to do. Wow. You sort of just buy food in bulk at the yeah, supermarket. Yeah. Rice and, and beans and... The- yeah, I went more for the uh, hot dogs, <laughs> hot dogs and oranges. But you do get really tired of hot dogs and oranges after a while. And we can also like you know pasta and a green pepper and a big thing of sauce, and that can go pretty far too. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, you know, if I can live for a dollar a day, then at least from a food cost standpoint, well, it's pretty easy to earn like thirty dollars in a month, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I would think so. It'll probably be okay. Okay, yeah. so, so that I, allowed you I, to not have to worry about money yeah, because you well, did the experiment. Yeah, I did the experiment, exactly. So this was an important psychological, philosophical anchor for you. Not yeah. to put words in your mouth, but that's a starting point to launch anywhere you want to go. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so, so now you've got a baseline, a life baseline from which to go new places, intellectually, psychologically, financially. So what came first? Thoughts of an electric car or thoughts of space? Hmm. You know, when you're starting out in college, like in your freshman, sophomore year, like you have these sort of sophomoric philosophical wonderings. And I try to think of, okay, what are the things that it will seem to me would most affect the future of humanity? There were really five things, three of which I thought would be interesting to be involved in. The three that I thought were would definitely be positive would be the internet, sustainable energy, both production and consumption, and space exploration, more specifically, the extension of life beyond Earth on a permanent basis. And then Although I never thought I'd actually be involved in that. That's, that was simply something I thought that was important in the abstract, but not something I thought I would ever have an opportunity to be involved in. And then the fourth one was artificial intelligence, and the fifth one was rewriting human genetics. These were just the five things that I thought would most affect the future of humanity. So, Chuck, did you want to change humanity when you went to college? I didn't even want to change my underwear when I was in college. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Bill, you're an engineer man. Do you agree with this list? Yeah, it's a pretty cool list. That's a cool list. Uh, I would have included uh, educating women and girls, raising the standard of living of women and girls so that the human population of the world will slowly become more manageable. A greater uh, tapping the lost intellectual capital. That's and, right. And among those who have been disenfranchised from it. Or never franchised. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here never franchised in the first place. <laughs> Pre-franchised. Yeah. Which is, a, I, I, I love when you say that because it, uh, it's basically you, 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 when women are educated, they don't have as many babies. That's it. That's the all there is to they it. have are, are more loved and better cared for. And so uh, that's where the, uh, the burgeoning of society happens with mom being a happier, healthier person, more educated, end up with better educated kids end up with a better world. Uh, just like that. Just like that. Furthermore, <clears throat> the woman has a higher quality of life. She has a better job. She's happier, mm -hmm. which just makes everybody happy. So, so Elon, after he sold PayPal, he yeah. had a bajillion, bazillion... See, now that's where I stop. <laughs> You'll be done. You're that was a, that was See, a that's, mistake you made. That's where I'm just You got a couple hundred million dollars. $180 million. <laughs> you you're, know, you're good. You're good. Right. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not that kind of guy, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Push, push, push. Push, push, push. And so what he wanted to do, he wanted to go into space. Wow. Let's find out how that got started. When I started out, my goal was to do a philanthropic mission with the intent of increasing NASA's budget. That was my goal. I was confused as to why we'd not yet sent a person to Mars. It seemed like this was obviously the goal after the moon, and we'd not made progress on that. And when it became clear like that PayPal was going to get sold, a friend of mine asked me what I'm going to do next, and I said, well, I mean, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I'm always curious about what's going on with space and, and why have we made progress. I just wonder when we're going to send a person to Mars. So I went, I went on the NASA website, and I couldn't find a date. I was like, well, maybe it's here somewhere, and I just can't find it. The date, that NASA, <laughs> the date that NASA wants to land on Mars. Yeah, there's got to be like some schedule or something. We're or, looking or for that. Or game plan or mm -hmm. it's this date, even if it's far in the future. And like, it was not to be found anywhere. And anyways, I sort of started learning about that back history. And I thought, well, okay, maybe there's something that I can do to send a small mission to the surface of Mars that would get the public excited. And as a result of that public excitement, NASA's budget would be increased and we could resume the process of sending people to Mars. Essentially, so you thought you can do that with your lousy billion dollars? No, I didn't have a billion dollars at that time. Okay. Um, I had about a well, 180 million, still a lot. And and I figured, well, you know, maybe I could spend half of that on a mission to Mars. So I spent a fair bit of time investigating the space industry and eventually decided on this idea of, of sending a small greenhouse to the surface of Mars. And we called it the Mars Oasis mission. And so you have seeds and dehydrated gel that would land. You hydrate the gel upon landing, and you'd have this great shot of green plants on a red background, and the public responds to precedents and supportive. So this would be the first life on another planet, the furthest that life's ever traveled, as far as we know. And That's uh, how you get a headline. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's got to be something new mm -hmm. or something superlative. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, okay, and that would maybe reinvigorate excitement, and the result would be NASA's budget gets increased. So the whole goal in the beginning was just how do we get more money for NASA? But after spending a fair bit of time on this, I came to the conclusion that I was actually incorrect. My initial assumption was wrong because I thought that where there's a will, there's a way, and that we just sort of lost our will. That was That's false. There's plenty of will. People needed to believe that there was a way, and a way that would not bankrupt the country or mean that they would have to sacrifice something of 
critical importance like healthcare. So it became clear that the space transport problem had to be solved. Unless there was a dramatic improvement in the cost of space transport, then none of it would matter. So in your first successful launch, what was the cost per pound to orbit? Uh, about $6,000. $6,000. Okay, that's an improvement. Yeah, not bad. Not $100 a pound. No. To get to $100 a pound, you need a big rocket that's fully reusable. Are you there yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> We're making progress, though. It's been 12 years. So far, we've not recovered a stage. But I think we'll recover a stage within the next year and be able to reply. <laughs> Is there a date on your website where someone can say, oh, uh, he's going to land on touche. <laughs> Good point. That sounds like a no. Well, I mean, I've said it publicly many times, although... Maybe we should put something on the website, which is that I think we've got a decent shot of being able to send a person to Mars in about 11 or 12 years. So, Bill, what uh, is he going to do this? To reuse a stage? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. And, and get the cost down. And, yeah, well, and, the cost down to... Wait, who, who, who's going to get us to Mars? Elon Musk or NASA? So, let us keep in mind Please. that NASA pays uh, SpaceX. Okay. To about $2 billion bucks so far. Okay. So SpaceX is now a contractor for NASA. Okay, so our tax money thing. is going to, yeah, to, to SpaceX. Okay, yeah. so what is this vehicle that's going to get us to Mars? So there's a couple of innovations, just uh, let's say three innovations that I've seen with my own eyes, which must hide another 100,000 innovations that are very much more subtle. First thing is all the same engines. First stage, second stage, how many stages? It's the same engine. Okay. So why didn't somebody else do that? That's a good question. Yeah, everything it, was a one-off in the yeah, past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, or a five-off. Okay. Yeah, Saturn five-off. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, and so then uh, um, the other thing is let's see if we can uh, reuse a stage. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is his thing. It almost worked the other day. He tried mm-hmm. to la- He, the company, tried to land on a barge just east of Cape Canaveral, and it it landed on the barge just a little faster than anybody wanted because it ran out of fuel <laughs> mm-hmm. to slow itself down. Okay. But that you need fuel like... to get faster, and if you're going fast, you generally need fuel to slow down. Yeah. Unless you're going to aerobrake or something. Yeah, right. well, coming through the atmosphere after it launched, it's, uh, it's, and the thing is not shaped for aerobraking, really, mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. is shaped for retro-rocketing, okay. if I can coin the verb. There you go. But then the other, the fundamental thing, you guys, when you, just um, when NASA was created, I believe, uh, Dr. Tyson, on the year of your birth, just within a week or so. Yeah. Same week. Yeah. Same damn week. I come out of my mother, NASA comes out of coincidence out of, out of Congress. Perhaps. <laughs> anyway, the idea was to keep the thing. To, I feel NASA's pain. It's <laughs> the same age. It. They put NASA centers all over the U.S. So when they went to manufacture rockets, they put pieces of the rocket all over the U.S. Solid things are made over here. The liquid things are made over here. They're tested over there. They get on train cars and go down there. Just right there, just the expression, Houston, we have a problem. Why isn't it Florida, we have a problem? Cape Canaveral, we have a problem. Chuck, did Orlando, you know we have a problem. that the instant the spacecraft clears the gantry, in that instant, mm-hmm. full control transfers to Houston. I mean, if there's a human being on board, on board. thousand right. nautical miles away. Right, all, all the whole countdown and everything. Or, or go to launch. Go to all of that is Cape Canaveral. But it's space. The moment it takes, the moment it passes the thing, then oh. it's like, all right, guys, we'll take it from here. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. Thanks but a lot, guys, for your work. But anyway, it's SpaceX. <laughs> it's just south of uh, Los Angeles International Airport. Train car drives up full of stainless steel, full of titanium, full of let's make rocket anium parts. And it comes off the train car, they shape it and do their own thing. I well, want rocket anium. I want some of that. Yeah. Uh, well, you can get it. <laughs> 6061 T6 aluminum, T7 yep. sometimes, tempered 7 aluminum. So then it comes down, they make the, they make the tank, they, make the, they attach the plumbing. It comes over here, there's a bunch of electronics, they attach that. They vacuum test it over here, blah, blah, blah. Then it goes back on the train car. To either Cape Canaveral, close to the equator as the U.S. can get, or mm-hmm. up to Vandenberg Air Force Base, which is north of as there. It's a continental U.S. because Hawaii is closer. Yeah, yeah Hawaii is closer, but that's not on a train car. Yeah, it's not on a train Extraordinary car. Extraordinary train car. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... Uh, Hover train. <laughs> the aqua train. But the... Uh, well, wait, Bill. So I, I, I get that. What I well, want there's to know- a fundamental lowering of cost. 
Huge, okay. huge reduction of cost. Is that low enough to like go to Mars like everybody says? He wants to go to Mars. He still wants to go to Mars. Well, I, I would like to go to Mars, but I want to come back, and I don't okay. want to go to Mars to live. I think that is not all the way thought through, in my opinion. <laughs> we choose to go to Mars that's because right. it's not easy. Well, that's right. <laughs> no, no, no. He would have to choose to go to Mars because it will kill you. Right. It's so, yeah, I mean, it's really... Well, it's just Instead, really I hostile choose to eat a Mars bar. Also... <laughs> For your consideration, I do love the Mars bar. For your consideration, uh, we can talk about this after the break, but Elon Musk is a native of South Africa. South Africa colonized by Dutch people. Uh, I am a descendant from people from uh, northern and central Europe. Uh, you guys are much more recently descended from Africa. Mm -hmm. But we have this human tradition of just spreading out. We don't like it here. We're going to go over there. We'll just keep spreading. Which means, of course, you're a descendant of Africans as well. Oh, yes. Just We're all descendants of Africans. Yeah, you, yeah. you have arbitrarily selected. Yeah, I say more recent descent. Yeah, that, that was arbitrary. Recent. Let yeah. the record show that was a completely arbitrary line that you drew. Just uh, but arbitrary, but historically not insignificant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So, I'm just, I'm just. Yeah, I'm yeah, just, yeah. So anyway, human kind has spread. Has spread if into Mesopotamia, this table. across Eurasia. <laughs> the Ice Age has the snow frozen up. Yep. Just keep going in North America, right. spearing mammals, partying. It's what we do. And so it's not clear that you'll be able to leave the Earth and go live on Mars. So you are skeptical of this, but you would not interfere with the dream state. I However, presume. we do not want to violate in Star Trekian terms... The Prime Directive? Just so, Doctor. Ah. Which is? Uh, we don't want to mess up the ecosystem on Mars. If wait, there wait, is an ecosystem. Me. We have no qualms messing up our own damn ecosystem. Well, that doesn't make it a good thing. <laughs> I know, I mean, but and what, after, and why should Mars be the sacred place okay. and not our own? There's a, it's a rule. We're it's, pooping in our own backyard. It's an arbitrary, but it's not arbitrary. It's a reasonable rule. Mm -hmm. We can poop there after we determine whether or not there's something alive. Mars. After it's nothing more than Earth's toilet. <laughs> and with that, we'll be back after this. <laughs> On that brilliant note from Chuck Nice, you're listening to Star Talk, the <laughs> Future of Humanity edition. We'll be right back. Working moms have way too many to-dos. Switch to H&R Block and have an expert do your taxes for you. Block guarantees 100% accuracy and your max refund or your money back. And with their no-surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even meet with a tax pro in a Block office or online from home. So take a breath, moms. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost.
We're back on Star Talk. I got Chuck Nice right across the table from yes, me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got Bill Nye, the science guy. So good to be here. And uh, since we're radio, I must alert people that even in studio, you are in bow tie. Let the record show. Yeah, uh, well, what you see is what you get. Maybe he's like the guy in Terminator 2 where the- Just a polymetal? Yeah, no, 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 but the polymetal, but no, but his, his, his- Police uniform. Yes, right. Was part of it was is poly his, metal. That is the metal. That's right? how I roll. So maybe Bill and the bow tie. But are, watch out! I can, poly turn, metal. <laughs> I can turn my arm into a giant saber sword wacky <laughs> thing. thing of death thing, which is shiny. <laughs> we're, we're talking about the future of humanity. We're featuring my interview with Elon Musk. And that does not feature uh, poly metal. No, it does not yet. Yet. Not yet. 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 And I snared that interview when I visited him at SpaceX headquarters, cool. which is, what's the name of that town that he's in? Is uh, in Cr um, Crenshaw, Hawthorne. Hawthorne, Hawthorne California, near uh, Los Angeles. Okay, New Yorker. Airbus. Where is it? <laughs> Hawthorne. 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 Oh, by Hawthorne. the stars. Fine. Fine. So, so Bill, if we're going to go to Mars... Uh, do you do you see engineering challenges to that, or is oh, it just no, or is it only no no wait 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 no I'm gonna this is a very serious question. Engineers love a challenge, so don't tell me don't don't play that with me. A B oh, bring it on. Don't, don't <laughs> I don't, say bring it don't, on. Don't even. <laughs> so my question is, is it just a matter of money, or or even if I gave you as much money as you want? You might not be able to solve some of the engineering problems. Oh, we can solve the problem. Snap. That's no, we can solve. That's what I figured. Yeah, because we land a rover from a freaking rocket crane. Right. We can solve the problems. Right. But as far as this colony idea, everybody. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's. I mean, there's no liquid water as such. Mm -hmm. Oh well, Mars was once very wet, and we found evidence of ice. All good, but it's not like there's a river there. Right. Okay. Then. You if know, there is, it's underground and no one has found it yet. Okay, mm -hmm. and let me go on to say, it's on its summer day at the equator, it's 20 below. Okay, yeah, you can get, what is it everybody wearing this year? Uh, Canada Arctic Crew, that was a goose down, Canada okay. goose down brand jacket, mm -hmm. all very good. That's dead, that's... When things are really good, that's all you got that's on. Mi that's midsummer, midsummer yeah, attire. But the right. main thing I think you would pick up on right away: there's no air. You would suffocate well, in a second. Well, there's air, but there's no oxygen in the air. Well, so uh, you you just have to make all that stuff well, once so you get there. there. Is Thank you, Chuck. But, but Neil, at least I, somebody's I, thinking about the future I gotta here. I got to stop you there, Bill. Quiet there is for a oxygen Chuck. in the air. <laughs> but it's carbon dioxide. You no, have to it, separate it from yeah, the carbon. Carbon. Carbon dioxide, CO2, is one of the most tightly bound molecules ever made. I mean, you can do yeah. it, but you got to put in the energy. you got to put in the energy. And then it's you're going to be living, everybody, you're going to be living in a submarine. Wait, wait, just to be clear. So you have to get that energy from somewhere. Right. Right. So just, just there's no such thing as a free lunch. And you're one and a half times the distance that we are from the sun. So your uh, solar energy, if you just want to run, if you wanted to run solar panels, uh What's well, fifteen squared? So it's a two, yeah, one and a quarter. Two, two and a quarter times yeah. more. Less. 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 Less sunlight. No, okay. you need two and a quarter times more solar panels yeah, to equal quarter, the. Yeah. Right. In light of this conversation, why do we want to go there? <laughs> what? Can someone well, because what? I'll tell you why I <laughs> want to go there. Well, it is the next logical place to look for. I like things. Chuck getting high pitch on us. <laughs> Give me so that Chuck, again, Chuck. Chuck, why? <laughs> Chuck, the reason you want to go there. Is because you're going to explore, and when you explore, two things happen. Those two things, Doc, Chuck. One, you will make you will make discoveries. Okay, you'll you will find something you never found before. All right. But the other thing is, you will have an adventure. You will have an adventure. It will engage you like nothing else. Whether it's your backyard, the video game, or the surface of Mars. Now, you if, might die, but it'll be an adventure. Well, but what we want to do as an engineer, uh, and this is what astronauts say, part of their pride as being astronauts is coming back. That's like landing the airplane is part of a pilot's pride. I mean, ejecting and letting the $350 million fighter plane explode is kind of cool on video, yeah. but it's not really your goal as a pilot or an astronaut. So if we were to go there with a human we would be able to make discoveries at an extraordinary rate. It's estimated 10,000 times faster than our best robot spacecraft. Right now. But if the day comes when we have a 10,000 times better robot, you'd still probably want to explore. Still want to send a human Okay, there. so then... That's so a here's the thing. If we found evidence of life 
fossilized bacterial mats mm-hmm. or cooler yet, something still alive, some Mars probe, then the question would be, and I want to know, do those Mars probes have DNA like you and I do, or are they a whole nother, nother of notherness? Mars probe? Is that That's a Mars Martian crobe. microbe. That's a know. Martian microbe. Mars probe. And then if they have DNA and they're so much like us, does that mean... Mars was hit by an impactor, went off into space, and you and I are descendants of Martians. That we'd all be Martians. Okay, so you know, he's trying to change humanity by reinventing space exploration. Mm -hmm. I get that. I get that. But he's also worried about problems on Earth. Okay, that's okay. okay. Is he allowed? Is he allowed? I have no, I say bring it on. Okay, so you know, he's co founder of Tesla. Yeah. The electric car company. The car yes. is just sex with wheels on it. Very cool. He's also <laughs> sex with wheels on it. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, he's also chairman of Solar City. Let's hear how he just got into this. From a terrestrial standpoint, the biggest problem we need to solve in Earth this century is sustainable production and consumption of energy. This really is quite a serious problem. People really should take this quite seriously. Even if you put the environmental consequences of dramatically changing the chemical composition of the oceans and atmosphere aside, we will eventually run out of oil. Holding that aside. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, if we don't find a solution to burning oil for transport, and we then run out of oil, the economy will collapse and civilization will come to an end, or as we know it. Um, with or without global warming. Yeah, with or without exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. and so if we know that we have to ultimately get off oil no matter what, we know that that is an inescapable outcome. It's simply a question of when, not if. Then why would you run this crazy experiment of changing the chemical composition of the atmosphere and oceans by adding enormous amounts of CO2 that have been buried since the Precambrian era? That's crazy. That is the dumbest experiment in history by far. I mean, promise it's not can you even think a... of a dumber experiment? I honestly cannot. <laughs> <laughs> what good could possibly come of it? So therefore, we need another solution here. But of course, electric cars still uses coal. That's why you need sustainable power production, like solar and wind. Which and... can still charge your, your car. Yes. Bill. Neil. Do you still have your house in California? Yes. In Studio City? Yes. I've been there. Yes. Well, you, you're like a native. You're a New Yorker now, not native, but you live in New yes, York. Yes, I'm so loving it. Somebody else is living in your house. Yeah, I That's have That's a crazy things. house that you live that there. It's cool. It's completely alive with self-generated electricity. That's, well, it's got four kilowatts of solar. That's great. Which is more than enough for uh, well, well, 10 months of the year, maybe 10 and a half months of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would have more, but my neighbor's house shadows my panels. Oh, I thought you were going to say your neighbor's stealing your electricity. Well, she's stealing sunlight. Yeah, that's the same thing. That is the same thing. She travels a lot, and I thought maybe while she was out of town, I could just cut off this this one part of the second story. Mm -hmm. Easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Okay, Bill, but... Oh, yeah, sorry. There's tons of oil still in reserve Uh, that is yet to be drilled or is... Here's the bad news. Okay, but... We'll never run out of fossil fuels. Oh, that is the bad news. That's terrible. It really is, because burning it and burning it is just the worst thing for all of us. So in the do you have a plan? Time. What's your plan? So the plan is Because to, as long as oil is cheap, and it's cheaper than my solar panels, how do you expect people to... So yeah, If you're rich, so you, can, gonna, you can buy the car that saves gas. So bear in mind, the, re- the that reason... That costs you more than the car that doesn't save well, gas. But the, reason, the sex on wheels. The sex on wheels car. The reason you want a sex on wheels electric car is Costing how much? Uh, oh, $100,000. 100000 yeah. Right yeah. Everybody's got 100000 Well, yeah. deep breath. Yeah, yeah, of course. Deep Let breath. me get to my mattress. <laughs> deep breath. Uh, it's 95% efficient or 93% efficient, whereas a gas-powered car, constrained by the second law of thermodynamics, is at best 28%, 30%. So you're squandering energy. You just can't get back when you try to get it out of heat at low temperature differences. So with that said... There is, uh, it's been estimated that we could save about 30% of the energy we use through conservation. We can have electric cars. We can improve transportation systems to be sure. But the big thing, you guys, I just, if, as we say about climate change, if you are opposed to government regulation now, you don't like governments now, just wait till stuff gets bad. Just wait till Floridians have to abandon their homes and Miami's half underwater and, 
then there's okay, going to be regulation. Really and I'll give you an example of this. World War II. Regulation happened like crazy, and everybody was very proud of it. Want to create the next great generation. So uh, what I neglected to mention here, and I think you should have mentioned too, was if you can start out with a $100,000 car because it's a test of concept, mm -hmm. people like it, wealthy can buy it. But the real test is can you make an electric car that's competitive in price to – Absolutely. And, and I'm told there's a Tesla Model 3 expected mm -hmm. to come out, and that's a, a price at 35000 Yeah. Okay. So I drove a Nissan Leaf for three years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was about that same price. About that same price. So that's that – there you have – I mean, I – I, you know, I did other stuff. I, I, I went to sleep. I had meals, and so I didn't just drive for but three Bill, years. But Bill, what I really want is the flying car. The and flying car is a real tough problem. It, it is, but I think Elon, Elon, cured me of my urges to find a flying car. Oh, well, yeah, just wait. Everybody's in traffic flying cars. No, 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 no. He he told me what the deal is with flying cars. Wing let's loading. Find, let's find out. Of course, what we all really want are flying cars. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, let me ask you. So, are you sure you want a flying car? No, but it looks okay. cool. It does look cool. I mean, I, you know, whenever you see sort of cities and like some futuristic concept, they always throw the flying car in there. And um, You can't tell me you never thought of it. No, I thought a lot about it. Yeah, yeah, okay. And there's some people I know that are working on flying cars or flying personal transport devices, if you will. Hoverboards. Uh, they are people working on hoverboards. But, I mean, I, I sort of wonder... After the interview, you can show me your hoverboard room, okay? <laughs> I know someone's working on a hoverboard. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> the microphone is on mute now. Okay. So you can tell <laughs> just, between, just between us. <laughs> it's awesome. I, I'm debating, like, should there be flying cars or shouldn't there be flying cars? I'm of two minds on that. Because you know? if there are flying cars, then, well, obviously, you have added this additional dimension where now a car could potentially fall in your head and will be susceptible to weather. And, of course, you'd have to have a flying car where it would be like an autopilot, because, I mean, otherwise, forget it. You don't want people navigating, Yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be, it's got to be autopilot. Mm -hmm. But even in an autopilot scenario, this, and even if you've got redundant motors and blades, you're still gone from near zero chance of something falling on your head to something greater than that. And there's also a noise challenge. So I sort yeah, of... we don't want, know how to fly quietly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, so I'll wait it out some longer. Something that I do think would definitely help a lot in cities is more tunnels. Essentially, with a flying car, you're talking about going 3D. And there's a fundamental flaw with cities where you've got dense office buildings and apartment buildings and duplexes, and they're operating on three dimensions, but then you go to the street and suddenly you're two-dimensional. Because it's a flat it's a surface. Yeah, this is how New York City solved this with the subway, going right. underneath multiple right. layers of subway. Right. So we are actually traveling in three dimensions, but below the ground rather yes. than in the air. But I think if you were to extrapolate that to cars and have more car tunnels, then you would alleviate congestion completely. And cities. you wouldn't need the flying car. You would not need a flying car in that case. And it would always work even if the weather's bad. And it would never ice up. It would never ice up, and it would not fall in your head. <laughs> so We're going to get started on that right away. <laughs> I think uh, those sound like the words of a man who owns a car company. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. A non-flying yeah, car company. Yeah, if I, if I had a company that made non-flying cars, I probably wouldn't want to have a flying car. You would say build more roads. <laughs> exactly. Build no, more he's roads got a point. tunnels. You don't want a car falling on your head. Plus, a point that came out in my conversation with it, but we didn't make, it didn't make the clip, was we have flying cars today. They're called helicopters. Yeah. And they're really noisy. Yeah. And in fact, if you want something as heavy as a car to levitate, you're going to, it's going to be making some noise. Well, it's, it's uh, also going to use a lot of energy. And a lot of energy. Well, that's because in the word of a, 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 another physicist I know who flies his own plane, he said uh, uh, helicopters don't fly as much as they beat the air into submission. Uh, who, 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 who said this? <laughs> who said this? That's, it's true. It's, true. I, it's, all, it's completely well, there. The air doesn't submit. It just flows down and having enough momentum to hold the helicopter up. And now the, he also, Elon Musk brings up another good point. What? When we have humans operating the Tysonic flying car, which competes yeah, with the Chuck Tysonic. Nice subterranean vehicle, <laughs> uh, who's going to drive the thing without all kinds of trouble? And so, you know, it always fascinates me when you look at highways from the air when you're in an airplane or a helicopter, it looks so orderly. Yes. It really does. Cars all they merge, they go along very cool, but you're using a human brain. This, this thing is capable of art and radio shows and 
and rocket companies. You're using this brain to do nothing but operate this car on this right-of-way. Stay in a straight line. Stay in a straight line. Stay in a straight <laughs> line. Change lanes. Look straight over your shoulder. Look right. Head check, head check, head check. Whoa, whoa, head check. And so this is why uh, this seems like a real opportunity. Well, my favorite bumper stickers ever, caution, driver applying makeup. <laughs> <That's> my favorite. <laughs> I've seen it. I see I've you've seen driven it. behind me. No, is that right, Chuck? <laughs> That's a lot of info. Okay, Chuck. so you don't want you don't want drivers. Chuck. You don't you don't want humans driving cars. You want driverless cars. Yeah, at a very high level reliability. Now, I, you know, I used to work at Boeing, and you get a triple. You, you worked on the seven forty seven. Seven forty seven, a little bit seven two seven three seven five seven. But yeah, what you want is that's the lingo check. I know. He, oh, that's he, how you. He, he's showing sound, that off now. Sounds like but you were giving me your number. <laughs> these are all these are all planes. Everyone from Boeing has a seven seven something seven in it. Yeah, well, number. yeah, but the th- yeah. interesting point of interest. The 727, the 737, 757 have the same tube. The 717, which was uh, the 707 KC-135, have the same tube. Uh, and so where was I going? When it's triple redundant autopilot, you can count on it. It's going to land the plane. Gotcha. Uh, so, but the problem with cars is not – you don't have nearly the traffic control that you, um, that you have in uh, – Airplane. Uh, so who who do you think is going to win this? Tesla, and with a, uh, a driverless car perhaps coming out of their shop, or Google? Well, Tesla makes cars. Yeah. Google makes software. Okay. You can't have one without the other to be oh, driverless. So uh, this is like a chocolate and peanut butter thing. Exactly. Whoa! You got your car and my <laughs> software. You got your software in my car. <laughs> but wait, they're, you're both right. Chuck, I love setting you up. <laughs> but wait. But wait, there's more. Yeah. When you think about the automotive industry writ large, everybody uses the same parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the gas gauge, sensor, the speedometer, the yeah, tires, yeah, yeah. the nuts, all the bolts, all the same standard. There's a little competition, but you can get a lot of commonality. And so we will see what happens in the near future. When we come back, we're going to find out what Elon Musk is really worried about. Ooh. You know, uh, should I give you a hint? Go ahead. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> when we come back, find out what keeps Elon Musk awake at night on Star Talk. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. We're back to Star Talk Radio. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, co-host Chuck Nice in the house. Hey, hey. In the house. And and I got Bill Nye in the house. I am co-housing. (laughs) Co-housing, donning a bow tie as usual. In an earlier segment, we were sure that it is surgically attached polymetal surgically attached to him we're featuring my interview with elon musk and just before the break i teased you to tell you that we would be saving for this final segment yeah what he fears the most fears now if you're it's he's a confident guy he's a confident guy and to quote bill if you've been scoring along with us uh you may remember in our first segment we listed the things he wanted to introduced to change humanity right one thing he does not want to touch let's check it out i mean i'm quite worried about artificial superintelligence these days i think and i've said this publicly i think it's maybe something more dangerous than nuclear weapons 
So uh, we should be really careful about that. If there was a very deep super digital superintelligence that was created that could go into rapid recursive self-improvement in a non-logarithmic way, then, you know, that was... And it's self-learning. Yes. So, like, it just could reprogram itself to be smarter and iterate very quickly and do that 24 hours a day on millions of computers. Well, that, I then mean, that's all she wrote. That's, that's it. all she wrote. <laughs> okay. I mean, we will be like a pet Labrador if we're lucky. A pet Labrador. I have a we'll pet the, Labrador, by the we'll way. We'll be their pets. It's like, it's like the friendliest creature. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, they'll domesticate us so yes. that we will be exactly. lap pets to them. Yes. <laughs> I mean, or something strange is going to happen. They'll keep the docile humans and get rid of the violent ones, and then yeah. breed the docile humans. Yeah, I mean, the utility function of the digital superintelligence is of stupendous importance. Yeah. What does it try to optimize? And we need to be really careful with saying, oh, well, how about human happiness? Because it, you know, it may conclude that all unhappy humans should be terminated, and uh, you know, or that we should all be just be captured and with dopamine and serotonin directly injected into our brains to maximize. Happiness. Happiness, because it's concluded that dopamine and serotonin are what cause happiness. Therefore. <laughs> Therefore, maximize them. <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying we should uh, exercise caution. What do you think of that? Wow. So, so just to be clear, he's not talking about artificial intelligence. Right. He's talking about artificial super, super intelligence. intelligence. The super. kind that can self-learn. <clears throat> okay, so 20% of the world's population of people mm -hmm. does not have electricity. Mm-hmm. They've never made a phone call, not a cell phone call. They've never made a phone call. Mm -hmm. So when the superintelligence takes over Chicago or whatever, what are people in East Africa going to give a rip about? <laughs> okay, Plus the super so you guys have managed to kill yourselves. Way to go. We're, we got, we're looking for some corn here. So I get it. But I think people have to keep in mind, we all take computers are so reliable and they're so much part of our everyday life now, we take them for granted. But somebody is, in a, literally or in a sense, shoveling the coal. Okay. What happens if you unplug the supercomputer intelligence thing? It will... Uh, Find a new source of energy. No, 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 no. no. Because no, the, it has its own nuclear reactor. The failure of that logic is the assumption that it would let you unplug it. Right. <laughs> yeah, okay, but how did it create that thing to keep it from... I'm just saying, I don't, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm with so you it here. It seems like a solvable problem. So I'm looking here, we have three, three levels of intelligence. Artificial narrow intelligence, so that's okay. computer doing one thing better than anything. It's not getting anybody's way. A calculator. Calculator. Let and it do it. One wins at Jeopardy. And, and, no, no, that'd be artificial general intelligence, which oh. would be general intelligence, but it's not... Uh, it, it, it's not hell-bent on taking over the world. It's, it's <laughs> that IBM computer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It goes across. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, which one was that? Well, Watson. 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 It's Watson. Okay. Watson. So it's the superintelligence that scares him. And I, again, I, I kind of agree with you, Bill. You could At some point, you just unplug the dude. Yeah. And, and Well, I just think about uh, the Colossus Project, Forbin, the Colossus Project. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, this is where these the two superpowers... On Earth have uh, nuclear arsenals, they're controlled by computers, so they connect the two computers. And, th you know, trouble ensues, okay? <laughs> and so you try to unplug it, but they have their own nuclear reactors that run them. This is the movie War Games, like all over again. Yeah, right? yeah, the yeah. Well, it was before War Games. It was yeah, a yeah. novel, and, so, and then a movie. But the deal is that running a nuclear power plant is not straightforward. It takes some, somebody shoveling the coal, a rate. <laughs> moving the stuff around in the uh, waste in the pile ponds, yeah. yeah so the so there's also much much ado about the singularity uh, ray kurzweil oh, said, you yeah. know i got to get him on star talk cuz i don't yeah. I, i'm just not with him on this well, but i don't want to badmouth him unless he's sitting in front of me this is everybody when i so do he can badmouth me back okay. does this happen to you neil when i do a college talk somebody asks me about the singularity i know and, and people when all a computer freak out. is as smart as a human right this, and this would it's be always plugged in and has no arms or legs right. and does something right right somehow what is it going to do is going to chase you down the street like, what's it going to do? Well, no, it's going to actually get the machines to do its bidding for it. Yes, it'll like in Terminator. control your thermostat. Like right, it will that control was, your thermostat and I'm, your self-driving car. I'm cool with that. 
But this notion that somehow the world is fundamentally different before and after uh, this singularity. But from a historical standpoint, I could buy it. Like, no, no, we'll be different, but we're not going to be. It's, it's not we're going to be running out of the screaming out of the out of the apartment. No, when machines took over our physical labor, did we say, "Oh my gosh, this is the crazy day"? No, no, it happened slowly, and we're fine. Right and now, we got people repairing machines. Mm -hmm. I don't have, you know, so and uh, they're still artisans carving the thing. We got to get them on the show. I'm going to get him on the show, and then we'll give him a piece of our mind. <laughs> <laughs> but we can't leave people f freaked out over the fate of the machines that we create and th their capacity to turn us into domesticated pets. Let's find out if Elon has any positive thoughts about the future at all. Thank God. <laughs> I'm quite optimistic about the future. I mean, I don't think we're about to enter a dark age. It could happen, but it's not, I think, not likely anytime soon. Not but before I, you get to Mars. Hopefully not before we get to Mars. <laughs> but bear in mind that, that... And part of the act of trying to get to Mars is a force to keep us out of the dark ages. I mean, there's always a chance that something calamitous could happen to Earth, uh, either a natural or man-made catastrophe. Certainly we see that in the fossil record. And we've invented all sorts of ways of doing ourselves in that the dinosaurs didn't have. And we haven't managed to solve the asteroid problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> therefore, our risk is higher, okay? <laughs> sure people realize this. If you haven't solved the problems that have caused the prior extinctions and you've added new ones, <laughs> you've not improved the situation. <laughs> and that's sort of where we are right now. And, so, and, you know, there, there are people, there are some really smart people that are a lot more pessimistic than I am, like, you know, the Stephen Hawking's of the world and uh, Martin Rees, the Royal Astro Astronomer. They're all quite pessimistic. I'm a naturally optimistic person, but I do think that there's value in establishing life insurance, which, if life as we know it is on more than one planet, then um, the light of consciousness as we know it is likely preserved into the future for much longer. Of consciousness is preserved. No, it's, it's a beautiful talk. What? That, that was his optimism? <laughs> what? What, Jack? That was optimistic? Oh, you know, the thing that took out the dinosaurs, that's still a thing. It's, it's still happening. a thing. It's still, it's a, still thing. a thing. And by the way, uh, we'll probably take ourselves out before that. And but, that's still a thing, too. Yeah, but you but, know what? I'm pretty optimistic. No, no. <laughs> but you guys, back in the day, there were no humans when the ancient dinosaurs were taken out. Yeah. There's no evidence that the ancient dinosaurs had a space program. At all. They didn't even have opposable thumbs, much I less. Said, it doesn't right. seem like they did. And so uh, we have that leg up. Also, they're going on 9 billion people. If you kill almost everybody through extraordinary means, somebody's going to leak through. Much more easy to leak through here on Earth than on Mars. Here's what I'm saying. You want opinion. to become a multi-planet species. Whatever effort that takes, it, I've said this before, it seems that it would be less effort to deflect the asteroid yeah. than to terraform Mars and ship a billion people there. Yeah. I'm and with you on that. Deflect the damn asteroid. Get and, on with uh, life. Uh, if you have the power food. to terraform Mars, you have the power to fix Earth. Yeah, and uh, Martian atmosphere is getting scraped off all the time. That's all I'm saying. I, so listen, everybody, I, what fears you the most? What fears you the most? We got we to gotta wrap it up. What fears you the most? The dark... The <laughs> Sorry, I go with the simple stuff. It's the truth. <laughs> the monster under your bed. All right, uh, Bill, what fears you the most? Climate change, then asteroids. You know what I fear the most? What? That we lack the wisdom to understand our own fate so that we then become victims of it rather than conquerors. This sounds like uh, those wow. who do not know the past are condemned to repeat it. It's a version of that, yeah. I think. You're listening to Star Talk, the... <laughs> <laughs> Future of Humanity edition. We'll be right back. Bill, back in the crib. Neil. Back in the crib. It's First, let me pour you some crib. wine here, I guess. Yes, and, thank you. Gosh, that's uh, You still got some left of this 2005 Merlot. You have bottle after bottle. <laughs> no, he does, everybody. <laughs> well, if you like a wine, you get a little more of it. That's what you do. Merlot was so maligned in the movie Sideways. I love that movie. But I, I don't let movies tell me what wine I should drink, uh, what that comes I, down to. That's a, I think uh, I've heard that. I've seen the bumper sticker. <laughs> movies don't tell me what wine to drink. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that. Anyway, uh, so we, we're just chronicling the space, the history of space exploration, and, you know, Russia, you know, America, the Soviet Union. So you're a space baby, and so yeah. what was your? Were you hit by this? Like the way, of man, I grew up in Washington D.C. So my mother would drive. Okay, us. so professionally, you cut your teeth in Seattle, but you're a Washington D.C. baby. That's it. I would have never guessed that about you. 
I grew up in the city. When I think of when I think of Chocolate City, I don't think of Bill Nye. Yeah, so. I know, I know. I'm from the Alchemist, the little zone there. My people. Yeah, you got your people. My people in the Northwest. But I'll tell you what. Before we get on to the brothers, um, where I went, especially junior high school, all these kids are from all over the world, and they because they're all diplomats. Kids. Okay. God, they could play soccer. Oh yeah, man. Even back then, yeah, yeah of course. Oh, maybe especially. most especially back yeah. then, yeah. yeah. So, so you are so you grew up in the in the city. Anyway, my mom would take me and my friends. So you experience. You're old enough to have remembered the '60s. Oh man! Yeah. And you'd go see Alan Shepard waving from the back of a convertible, and it was this extraordinary optimism. That's mm-hmm. what. When I look back, I mean, of course, putting a guy on the moon was cool, and I was on my knees for that black and white television. It's easy for old, you know, people of my age. Oh, I remember. Okay, but <laughs> the thing, the deep thing that was important for me was the optimism mm-hmm. and that's what I, we all long you know what I wonder if that optimism was magnified because of how much other sources of pessimism there was in the world with the hot war in, in Vietnam and the cold war with the Soviet Union mm-hmm. and the civil rights movement and campus unrest and protests there was no place else to turn for anything optimistic but it was uh, they were those things are of a piece I mean they're all one thing in that uh, things are changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people. Yeah, nobody likes change. No one in charge likes change. Yeah, yeah. well, depends. Yeah. So you're optimistic. What, so how optimistic were you? What did you think the 1970s would bring when you're thinking about the 1960s? Uh, better cars. Mm-hmm. Better I mean, space so transportation. sticks. Just be- well, I'm trying to think of things. Better television. Oh, that it was a big deal. I saw the very first Super Bowl at the neighbor's house. And uh, he... Super Bowl one. Yes. And it was on a color television. Ooh. And so the, the grass corners, was all green and the stuff. The corners were cut. Uh, the television screen uh, was not rectangular the way you think of a television screen today. Uh-huh. And uh, not that that's the good old days. Oh, no. It's it was just not cut. They were rounded. The corners rounded, were rounded. Yeah. yeah. And so it was... It, it, you expected that things would get be- just better. Right. Everything would be better. The food would be better. Everything. The wine, I presume, would be better. <laughs> Everything. Dr. Pepper would be so better. So this is the manifestation of this future view. Yes, that you could do this and that I was... Did it influence what you majored in? Yeah. So I was about to say, what I was um, encouraged to work in math and science. And uh, maybe I have an aptitude for it, but I was rewarded for it. Like, if you did well in math, you were going to be an astronaut, and that was something you were going to do. You want to be an astronaut? I applied four times, but after Christa... What the hell's their problem? Well, after Krista McCullough got killed, I don't think a guy like me was going to fly. Plus, you know, the, nowadays... Beloved educators. Yeah. You don't want to start killing them off. Yeah. I mean, it was a drag. I mean, it, it was... Yeah, but that you would have had a high school named after you by now. Well, <laughs> not really... <laughs> uh, about getting anything named after me, Neil? Yeah. Maybe you're the same. I just soon not... I'd like to wait till I'm dead. Okay. And there's no hurry on that. No I mean, hurry. I know it's coming. I've seen billions You've got of good people. good data. Good data yeah, on this one. Yeah, but I, I have no hurry. So, with that said, to uh, to recapture that optimism or to have a new, a new optimistic view... Uh, space exploration is an ideal thing for us to spend tax dollars on our intellect and treasure. Now, we have climate change is the most serious problem facing humankind, that's for sure. If we were talking about climate change in the same way we were talking about Ferguson, Missouri, I mean, it would just get done. Just get and done. It would just get done, and people would feel good about it, and they'd be optimistic about the future instead of hand-wringing and whining. And furthermore, the other thing, I was a guy who grew up in the United States. It had this U.S feature. Imprint. Yeah. And NASA is the best brand the United States has. You go anywhere in the world, people recognize... People hate the United States and love NASA. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And it's also not a military endeavor. It's missiles and stuff, but it's not not for that. It's for exploration. Mm -hmm. Let's Mm -hmm. see what's out there. Let's learn more about the cosmos and our place within it. Mm -hmm. And so... uh, It's a good investment for any country at any space agency to... uh, but, but how do you justify it to a country that can't still barely feed their people? Well, you do have to do everything. Yeah, you do everything. It's okay, so there's some balance. It's a budget balance. Yeah, and so I say this to 
any if it's the choice is do we pay teachers or build a new baseball stadium? The answer is, I hope for everybody, you pay teachers. Mm -hmm. But no, the challenge for a politician, the reason people hire you to it, vote for you, is so you'll figure out how to do everything. Yeah, at the right balance. At the right balance. Right. Anybody I remember seeing critiques the of the Apollo era where people were saying, if we took that money and built schools, we'll have this many more schools. And I thought to myself, the, the Apollo in its day was like 4% of the U.S. budget. Four, not 0.4, which is yeah, what it yeah, is now. Yeah, full up 4%. And mm -hmm. so, so that's a lot, no doubt about it. But to... To walk past the 96% of the rest of the budget and say, use this 4% to build schools, did you really analyze what you just walked past to make huh, that? Is that what you did? <laughs> Punk? <laughs> so, Punk? <laughs> yeah. So this is where... Uh, so, Bill, good thing. So you, are, you are who you are because of who we were absolutely. then. Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Bill, th thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me. Let's uh, change the world. Change the world. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day. And internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So, while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next-generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.